Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, January 30th. And today we are continuing our interview with Guy Berger. He's the principal economist at LinkedIn. And today we're going to focus more on what to do if you're looking for a way to maybe come out of your full-time intense gig, your your job, uh, maybe it's a career that you've been doing, and also how you should handle all the leverage that you now have as an employee. Here is the second part of our interview with Guy Berger. I hear from a lot of people who don't actually want to retire, but they want to know that they could retire and that this last two years has really gotten them to hyper-focus on that. Are you seeing at LinkedIn evidence of people who are looking for more of a of an off ramp from their their very heavy duty workload and looking for a sort of a more graceful exit ramp? Like maybe it's consulting or maybe I say to my boss, look, you know what? I get paid a lot of money. Why don't you pay me half time and I'll do that? Like, is there some evidence that something like that is happening um, in the past couple of years? That's a really good question. And I'm going to give you, you know, give you the answer what we see in the data. So the first thing is one thing that surprised me very early in the pandemic or, you know, this is probably May or June was I was, you know, every in the beginning of the pandemic, I was talking about, wow, like small businesses are really going to struggle and big companies have what it takes to weather this. And in the beginning, it looked like it. But once you started seeing the recovery and employment bouncing back, it started bouncing back way faster in small and medium businesses than big businesses. That really surprised me. When the economy transforms a lot, it sort of like creates all these cracks for economic opportunity that smaller businesses can really fill quick, much more nimbly than a big business, like a super tanker that takes a long time to turn around. Along with that, you see in the government data on business creation, our data, we actually track, you know, business creation as well. And like, it's really picked up. And I think to some extent, instead of thinking about like, there's definitely been early retirement for sure that's happened, particularly early. People that just, you know, would have retired at 65 and maybe they're like at 58 and they're like, you know, I can afford it or whatever I'd find is just not worth my, and then like they leave early. That's happened. And some people, by the way, will come back because the labor market gets better. Like, you know, I mean, not all of them are gone for good, but I think some, some, some people and, and even some people that are not retirement age are like, you know what, this is like my opportunity to be like really successful 
mm-hmm. is an entrepreneur starting a business. That did not happen, by the way, after the last, you know, I think we like during the 20 teens, everybody's talking about this big decline in, in business dynamism in the United States. So like business creation and business destruction slow, like the creative destruction that keeps the economy going slow down, probably because the labor market was bad and people wanted the security of a job they had rather than risking something in an uncertain environment. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen this time. And so in my mind, yes, there's been early retirements, but it's also possible that people that are retire- near retirement age and people that are younger are actually taking much more of a chance. And it's not just like, you know, we, we used to, we, whenever we think startups, we think about tech startups. Okay. But like, I think this is really just a potentially a wide range of businesses across a wide range of industries. I mean, mm-hmm. I always think about it that wellness and fitness was, is like one of those things that you was hammered early on. You cannot, it was very hard in large parts of the country to operate a, you know, a yoga studio or a spinning class or like a gym, that activity migrated online in a way that it had never existed before. Mm-hmm. And it, but you know, it's moving back, gyms are reopened, people are going back and that, and like, you know, it will come back, but like online fitness is going to persistently a much bigger chunk of that space. Hiring that sector really rebounded. And a lot of that, by the way, is people left their old jobs in that sector and started new ones. And I think that sort of it is, that adapt, like the, the necessity is the mother of invention. The economy transformed very rapidly in an unpleasant way in March and April 2020. People adapted. And now as the economy continues to transform, so we're sort of thread this, this phase between pandemic and endemic, or, you know, I, however you describe it, and, you know, remote work, hybrid work, in-person work, like there's still all these opportunities being created that people are taking advantage of. I want to be a creative employee. I want to go to my boss who's given me, let's say, a good wage, right? Like, so if inflation's running hot at 7%, but obviously, if I'm the boss, I don't want to lock myself into a an inflation-based kind of compensation because in some respects, if, and I presume when, inflation retreats, then I'm still stuck paying that higher wage and actually have not done what I really want to do. So question for you is that, if I'm going to my boss and I say, okay, I get it. You've given us a wage increase that you know the company can afford. What are other things I should ask for? So I'm, I'm thinking like, would a company pay a one-time bonus? Like, hey, you know what? Oil prices are above 80. I am a little nervous. I'm a little tight. Like, how about a one-time bonus? Is it possible to say to a boss, you know, I want more besides flexibility. I want to just work fewer hours. I don't want to be on the clock this many hours. What else should we be asking for? I think this is a big opportunity. I don't, it might last for a long time, might not, but like it's there. So I think it's very important to be cognizant that you have bargaining power. What is the stuff that matters the most to you? money like what's a trade-off here ask the boss like you know i'm open to a, to a bigger raise but if you think that it's better to do like a, a bonus that's like a one-time thing is that something that makes sense and then and then be honest like here's the number one thing i would tell anybody you f- genuinely feel like you have better options outside like you should consider taking them like that's sort of it that's your trump card there in a sense you can have the conversation with your boss but if your boss is not receptive not to the degree and you think you can get those things somewhere else you should take them somewhere else. Okay. Just macro flash here. Ready? Total GDP for 2021 annual was, let's say, I don't know, five and a half, six. Is that about right? Yeah. What's your 2022 prediction? GDP, United States, 2022. I would guess it's probably slower. I think that just generally- Oh, big deal. That's not a big, that's, go out on a limb and put a number to limb. it. If I had to guess, like probably yeah. three, three, 4%, I think there's still like, you still have a fair amount of turbocharging coming from the fact that like, there was a lot of, you know, government support in the last few years. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good dynamics going on in the economy. I think one thing that's challenging is 
I think two things. One is I think relative to what a lot of people hoped, this COVID thing has not gone away as, as a lot of us across the country are experiencing right now. Maybe it's fading, but like, seems like it might last longer than a lot of people were expecting. And on top of that, you know, the Fed's raising rates. We're not probably getting, I mean, we'll see what we get out of DC, but we're, you know, the era of like $2,000 checks is over for the time being. So again, there's less like tailwinds and maybe a little more headwinds that are coming in. I think that's going to, on top of the economy, just getting closer and closer to like what we might think is full employment. I think the really big gains there over, that does not, my, in my opinion, mean that we're like destined for like a big slowdown in wage growth. The labor market, even if it does not make big gains over the next year, it's the degree it did over the past year or the second half of 2020, it's still pretty tight. Inflation, um, 7% year over year now, it's going up. In December of 2022, what will the inflation, the annualized inflation rate be? Boom, oh, man. right there. Now you're like really taking me out of my comfort zone. If, if yeah. I had to guess, like three, three, three and a half. I think it's going to be lower. Nobody is saying 7% this year. So even if it's this part's transitory and it goes down by a lot, three and a half and four is, as a new baseline is way higher than it was. Would I be super surprised if it's back at 2% next year? No, like really, I would be. I would be shocked. I think we land at a higher inflation rate. I mean, I think we do. But would I be shocked? Would I be more shocked than I was by 7% this year? No. I mean, like that's sort of it. I think that that if when I think about all these things, the economy is behaving in a lot of weird ways are difficult to reconcile. Like I hires and quits are way higher than you expect in the labor market where the labor market looks like. I mean, certainly they weren't this high when last time that point was at 3.9%. So to me, I think we should have humility that just like 2021 surprised a lot of ways, 2022 could surprise a lot of ways. I mean, the thing is like, could it be 2%? Could it be even at 7% again next year? I think that's also possible, like possible and less out of the realm possibilities than it would have been in 2019. I think it's that in 2019, you were always like, okay, it was 2% last year. It's going to be 2% ne- next year and almost nothing's going to budget. And now it's the opposite, which is yes, it's probably gonna be at 4%, but it could be higher. It could be lower. And like, weird outcomes just seem much more possible than they were in the past. Last geek question. Yeah. Labor force participation. So we are in such a tight range. I find that weird that we're in such a tight range. So let me tell you, because I think it's interesting. I there are two things going on here. One is if you look at prime working age Americans, people between the age of 25, 54, we've actually seen decent, like a a decent recovery in that. People have come back to look to get a job and to look for work. Overall, labor force participation has not really recovered. And I suspect a lot of that is this retirement, early retirement story. I think that in the long run, there's just these demographic forces, the baby boomers retiring, that's going to push overall labor force participation down a long time. I mean, down for a long time and down by a lot because people just shift from category. There's a big group of people that's like in their, their 50s that's gradually leaving the workforce. And I don't think you can discount that as sort of this, there's a cyclical force, people coming back to the workforce, pushing it up. And then this offsetting force of people retiring. And like, I think those forces right now are kind of at neutral with each other. I just try to think about what are people that are going to be engaged in the workforce for a while doing, and they're the ones that are coming. And those are people that are again are in 25, 54, and they're coming back uh, gradually. It's not, we're nowhere back to where we were, but we made a decent amount of progress. Like, you know, we're around where we were, in the fall of 2017. So like, it's not like it's, it does not, to me, this does not look like, I, I, I think people are too pessimistic about the part of the labor force that that's sort of the core of labor market. I think you can be pessimistic about the fact that we have an aging population. You know, we, we have to make do with 
a smaller part of our population working because a part of our population is older. It's a challenge that all Western countries face. Us maybe less severely than, than, than some other ones, but we're experiencing too, the population getting older, median age is going up. Okay, if you've got a financial question, maybe it's about your career, maybe it's not, maybe it's about tax season. I know we're going to get lots of questions. Please give us a holler. Just go to jillonmoney.com and click the contact button. While you're on the site, don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter and maybe subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. We thank you so much for listening. Please put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.